Detroit Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. The show was always hobbled in some way. Uh, Mentally with Ari around. I was doing some... Uh, Physically with Adam around. Sure. You're in a bubble. So get out of the bubble. Talk to real people. There's no less healthy show in the country. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Monday. Cofield and company. Adam Hill is here as the company. Steve Cofield, loaded show today, loaded show today. A visit from our old pal Dave Koken on baseball and uh, look back on week zero in college football. Look ahead to the first full week of college football. Of course, there's a UNLV game. The opener for the season this week on Thursday at the uh, Las Vegas Stadium against Eastern Washington. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Some comments from uh, head coach Marcus Arroyo during the show. Also, the two quarterbacks, yep, still quarter, uh, two quarterback situation. Both of them spoke today at practice for the Rebels. So we'll hear from both guys, Justin Rogers and Doug Brumfield. Apparently is the pronunciation now. No longer Brumfield. I think I have that correct. I got an alert the other day. I think I have that correct. So what's going on, Adam? Not much. Good to know that uh, you know we've got some corrections there that we can use going forward. That's good. <laughs> uh, and I, I actually am kind of excited. I woke up today. It's weird. I never know what I'm going to be thinking about when I wake up. I don't know what that means about my sleep. I have no idea what that means in general. Do you do you have do you set something up in your mind like the night before and you're like this is what I will think about when I wake up? No. But I, I wake up and I'm always like in the middle of thought when I wake up. Really? Which is probably a bad sign for how I sleep. Uh, but I actually woke up and I was like, oh, you know, he's playing on Thursday. That was your first thought of the day? Yes. Wow. All the Raider stuff you do and you're thinking about uh, your alma it's mater. Week. It's game week. Raiders have some time off here. It's a good point. Yeah. Game week for Rebels. Michigan wasn't on the top of your mind. I thought that was your, your favorite college football team. Well, we had our day yesterday. Little League World Series, bro. World, oh, okay. World, World I was like, Champs. what is going on here? <laughs> you, I was US like, Wolverine Champs. football? Was there something announcement? Beating Ohio at anything <laughs> is like the greatest thing in the world. It really is ridiculous. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah, I've told the story a million times, but I remember going to Columbus on a road trip probably in 99 or 2000. And. I think I got that a Michigan hat from Gil Brandt, you know, NFL insider. Uh, back in the day, he used to be the NFL guy for a sports fan radio network. Now he's been with Sirius XM for years, but I swear it was him who gave me the Michigan hat. And I was like, yeah, oh, where's the Michigan hat? At the Buckeye Hall of Fame Cafe Sports Bar in Columbus. Didn't go well? Not at all. Oh, I've, I, I'm sure I've told the story on the air before. My, It just so happened, you know, my brother's first college game in his collegiate career playing basketball was at Ohio state. And it was the night before Ohio state, Michigan football. So we had to go to Columbus on a Michigan, Ohio state weekend for a basketball game. And, you know, we all, of course, you know, wore our Yale stuff to the game, but then after the game, it was all back to Michigan gear as we're in Columbus. And, uh, we got thrown out of the restaurant. <laughs> they were they were cool about it. Yeah. They they you know the the manager came over and was like, "Listen, it, it, you guys are a big family with Michigan gear on. This probably isn't going to go well. You know, please leave." 
Like we can't, we're not going to deny you service, but it would be probably better for everybody if you guys just don't come. Like okay, so yeah. little league baseball applies. Everything. <laughs> Got to kill Ohio. Everything. So funny. Hilarious. So, as I mentioned, uh, Rebel football will go with the two-headed quarterback plan going into the game. That'll be, you know, the approach. It doesn't mean they're going to do that. They could play one guy the entire game, but um, I kind of get it. I get it. We'll hear from Marcus Arroyo a little later on as to, you know, what's going into his decision. But uh, at a minimum, you've got two guys who are kind of even in the quarterback race. Both have similar skill sets, a couple of differences here and there. I think most important is one's lefty, one's righty. So, that... You know, that's kind of interesting for the opponent to try to game plan against two guys who've barely played. Sure. And they're coming from the opposite side, which means, yeah, I forget who, uh, oh, it was uh, Gio Faolo, one of the tight ends. You know, I was like, hey, what's what's different on offense? And it's basically like, well, we just run everything the opposite way. I'm like, okay. <laughs> hey, good point. Right. So, Fair you point. know, most times guys are not, coaches aren't recommending throwing across your body. So rollouts are going to be to their strong side. You would think so. That's what you want to do. Although uh, the offensive coordinator could be confused too, and like which guy's in there, uh, which play are we running? Got to be under toast. I'm sure they can handle it. I'm sure Glenn Thomas is up to the task. Got to be under toast. Uh, Belichick is pulling the quarterback mystery game. Are you surprised by this? No. What's the benefit? I mean, there's no benefit of announcing a starter, right? Uh, it's possible he doesn't know. I I doubt that's the case, but I don't I don't know. You know, in these cases, you know, John Gruden said it last week. Um, we were peppering him with questions before they left for the game in San Francisco about like, well, what are you looking for at this position? Who has a chance at this position? Who's hurt? You know, what, the injuries, Nick Morrow, Clee Furl, all these guys that are hurt, what's the status? And he said, well, there's rules. There's a certain time I have to tell you what's going on. This is not one of those times. So I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> like he was just, just upfront and honest about it. And so like there's really no benefit of – of announcing something. I know everybody I thinks it sucks. Fantasy players are eagerly waiting what's going to happen, but like we we all know they don't care about your fantasy football team. Eagerly waiting what? The Raiders answers or the Patriots answers? Patriots. Well, what kind of league are you in? Are you a two-quarterback league? A lot of people are in two-quarterback yeah, leagues. I was going to yeah. say, there's no, there's no league on the face of the earth that if you just – unless it's like a 16-team or 18-team. If it's a, t- a traditional 12-team, I hope you're not worrying about Cam Newton – or Mac Jones. Well, I think it also changes the outlook of the of the running game and the receivers. I think they're going to, you know, with Cam Newton in, they're an all-run game. Uh, they are, you know, almost like mm-hmm. a, an old-school, like, tri- triple option uh, type of, uh, you know, wing T attack. You and I were in a fantasy league over the weekend. I drafted Nelson Aguilar, not caring. So maybe that'll cost me. Okay. Although, if my team is hinging on Nelson Aguilar, then I set up a bad team. Sadly, it actually is. It's not good. I did. I went with the, I don't care about receivers approach. I'll pick them up. Well, you also probably spent too much on a tight end. I, I might have. I might have. That could be something we get into as we have more fantasy football talk coming up uh, throughout the week as all of our leagues now are starting to draft. Gut feeling, I think it's Cam Newton, right? Am I right? Am I wrong? I mean, I think it is. But I don't know. I mean, Mac Jones okay. had a good game. He had a good game. I, yeah. I, I think Belichick is more comfortable with Cam Newton. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they play a lot like how the 49ers played against the Raiders this weekend it with, you know, they were rotating quarterbacks multiple times on each drive. And I, you know, we didn't, we heard from the Raiders that, you know, they weren't really game planning. It wasn't like, you know, they were specifically looking at plays, that sort of thing. But you could tell on certain drives, it was, it was a scramble. Like 
all right, you throw three plays in a row with Garoppolo. Then you go to the bench and bring in Trey Lance, and it's like three read options in a row. And then it's like one play each. It's tough. To, it's you're on your you're on your you know your heels a little bit when uh, when a team can do that to you and have two completely different styles. You know, we talked about what you can do to the defense with a right righty and a lefty quarterback. What can you do to the defense when you're playing two completely different style quarterbacks? One's one's going to run a lot. One's going to throw a lot. Uh, one's going to you know, but both are capable of of doing both essentially. But um, it puts you in a tough spot. So. I know that he's probably looking and saying, hey, go ahead and prepare for both guys when you're playing against us. And when they have to make a decision, they will. I mean, is the, would, would you be shocked if they never did? I really wouldn't. Just go right up to the game and, like, I don't know who's starting. I don't think it's insane. No? So that's why I'm not sitting here freaking out about it because I don't know that, you know, <clears throat> one guy is that much better than the other. All right, Hurricane Ida. I keep wanting to say Ida. Ida. Smashes New Orleans. It's going through the South. It's going to affect uh, both the NFL and college football. Tulane has already had its game moved. Had a home game against Oklahoma. Yeah. That sucks. Going to move to Norman, so the number's already been adjusted, like four points going to Norman. Uh, Saints, they're not going to be in New Orleans for a while. No. And now the game on September 12th, their opener against the Packers – Very much in jeopardy in terms of being in New Orleans. I mean, right now, New Orleans is has major power issues, and some of the early word on it is they have – well, there is no word. They're like, nah, we don't know. Right. We don't know when power is coming back. It could be a while. Yeah, it's it's a case with the whole region, really. I, I was listening, uh, as you know, whenever there's like a developing story in news, like I get obsessed with it and just <laughs> tune in TV and, and watch it like crazy. Um I, I was watching last night. Uh, they were talking to uh, one of the you know parish managers uh, in one of the you know remote cities in, in New Orleans, or excuse me, in, in Louisiana. And he was saying, "Well, we're aware that you know twenty two barges have been separated and are kind of in danger and floating away. Yikes! And like we don't know the status of the rest of them. And the question came back: Well, when can you start? You know." looking at them and, and inspecting them and seeing how many total are, are in danger or jeopardized or, or compromised. And he just goes, I don't know. <laughs> like, I have no idea. This is a mess. And and that's kind of what, the, where they're at right now. Like nobody knows, everybody wants to know, okay, when, when are, you know, when's power going to be back on? When's this going to happen? When is this going to happen? And right now, like they're just trying to figure out when they can even start go looking around at things. You know, there's flooding and, and, you know, damage on streets and all kinds of stuff. So um, it's, and, and by the way, oh, let me go get in my vehicle. Oh, it's it's destroyed. So I can't even drive around and look and see what damage is out there. So yeah, it's a mess. And I think to try to put any kind of timeline is crazy. It also doesn't mean, hey, maybe power gets fixed in three days. The Saints go back to New Orleans to practice next week and they play. Right. That's that's totally within the realm of possibility. But I think right now to just put any kind of timeline, is just kind of silly. Jerk or savvy better? I immediately started looking at the lines. Oh, you got Packers, to. LSU, Tulane. Got to. LSU hasn't moved, really. It's been three and a half at UCLA. I thought UCLA's performance over the weekend might change some minds, coupled with the fact that LSU's schedule is going to be all screwed up here. Sure. Not much. Tulane, we just mentioned game move, so that line has moved four points. And then, of course, the uh, Packers at still slated at New Orleans are three. 
I still, you know, the other thing I find fascinating, and we'll get it, let's get into it with the Raiders here. There's got to be some folks who have crunched the numbers over the years. Are these quarterbacks who don't play at all? And now, on top of that, I don't even know if we have the information. Are teams that really rest most of their key guys the entire preseason? They're always good to go 100% week one. Like, do you worry? I mean, now we've got double, you know, we've got double problems here. We've got New Orleans potentially without a home, at least this week. It's going to be very unsettled having a practice out of town. And Rodgers didn't play in the in the preseason. Yeah. It's, Just like Derek Carr. Well, Derek Carr hasn't. I think he's played one series in the entire time that Gruden has been here. Okay. Um, so they, that's just how they've done it. Right. Uh, so I, I don't know that there's much uh, to it, but it's also one of those things. And you know, there's a lot of these things that, that pop up. It's one of those things where however he plays next week, people will say, if he plays well, right, right. people will be like, see? oh, see, you, didn't, you don't need preseason. And if he's terrible, he'll be like, well, he didn't have preseason. It, it's it's definitely I feel one of those things that traditionally we've seen it go. However, the results play out, people will make their decision on that, which is silly. It's results based thinking, as we think all the time, which is the lowest form of thought. Uh, but that's I mean that's kind of where we've been with this situation. I, I don't think you know I don't think there's any hard numbers for it. I, I will also say, like Patrick Mahomes is an interesting case. He played preseason game two. I don't know how many people watched. He looked very average. He played like two series, looked very, very average. Now, nobody freaked out because it's Pat Mahomes. But then he played in preseason game three and was amazing. So, like, maybe playing in a game helped him a little bit. You know, we shake some rust off and get ready to go, and he was ready to go. Maybe it had nothing to do with it. Maybe he just had a bad day. Who knows? But, I mean, I think you you look around, I'm sure Kansas City is happy that they played him in both those games because – he showed incredible improvement from week two to week three. Not that they were worried about it, but, you know, I think there was clearly some kind of rust factor. Maybe they knew that. Maybe they saw that in practice, and that's why they did it. Uh, you never really know the, the ins and outs or details of why they're making the decisions they do. But I will also say the Raiders, whether they were thinking about playing guys or not, I'm sure they saw the J.K. Dobbins scenario, and they're like, okay. Uh, uh, so horrific. We'll, we'll get an update yeah. on, on that situation yesterday or two days ago with the Ravens, and then we'll start getting into uh, roster projections because i know you've been working real hard on that as uh, we'll get to the latest on what's happening with the raiders and what the final roster is going to look like nova home loans brings you trending at three it's a refi rate at nova home loans with interest rates at all-time lows now's the time to talk to your local nova loan officer 877-700-NOVA Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. All right, rolling on. Let's get to some college football, a little baseball as we uh, get into betting on this Monday and impressions from week zero college football. Our buddy from D.C. and the Sunshine Man podcast, Dave Koken from wagertalk.com. What's up, Dave? I'm looking forward to a full week of college football. Me too. There's a lot of uh, intriguing, I mean, hell, if there wasn't intriguing spots uh, to open the season, I guess, what's the point of having a college football season? But let's go back to week zero first. What do we do with Nebraska? Because people were flipping out. It's an ISO spot. Where are you on Nebraska in terms of the rest of the season? Uh, down. They've got problems. There's off-the-field problems with Nebraska, which I can't get into. Uh, but trust me, they're there. And it looks like it might be a real rough season for them. I think this will be the end for Frost. I think so, too. And I think Trevor Alberts, the new AD, is looking for more and more reasons to 
aside from the win-loss record, which is what, 12-21 and 21 now for Frost. So, I don't know. I just I thought it was getting a little harsh on Saturday, talking about Adrian Martinez just sucking and being the worst quarterback in the country. And, uh, you know, I remind people the season's a long season uh, that, you know, things tend to even out. But I get your point on there's a lot of problems behind the scenes at Nebraska. Yeah, and again, I can't get into them because, well, I just can't. But uh, trust me when I tell you that there's, there's off-the-field issues there. All right. Uh, upgrade Illinois. We need to see more. We need to know what the condition of Brandon Peters is. Uh, Peters probably won't play this weekend um, against Texas San Antonio. I, I, I don't think it's that big a deal. I'm not really a big Peters guy. I think he's a very average at best, solid, uh, average at best college quarterback. Uh, and uh, Sitkowski's, you know, he, he's not a huge downgrade by any means. Illinois isn't very good. Uh, they'll have trouble winning games in the Big Ten, but they'll be more competitive under Bielema. He already pulled one surprise. I mean, everybody assumed he'd be in a 4-3 defense, and he came out uh, actually in a 3-4 defense, and he came out in a 4-3. So uh, caught Nebraska by surprise as far as that goes. Is that Illinois-UTSA game a game that you want any part of at 5.5? Uh, it's it's dropped with the information from uh, Bielema that uh, quarterback probably isn't going to play. I, look, San Antonio can play the, with this team, and they've got a, a week of uh, game, an actual live game film to look at. I, I think there's a chance of an upset here. San Jose crushed Southern Utah, as it was expected to. That oh. line flew up all week. All right, so how do we read what they did against Southern Utah and now apply it to SC where they're getting 14? Well, it's two different worlds. Um, you know, the, the Southern Utah couldn't play at all, and USC's pretty good. Uh but look, San Jose State, they, they got to keep their coach. He wanted the Arizona job, but he finished second as far as that sweepstakes goes, or at least he didn't finish first. It turns out to be a break for San Jose. I think they're, they've got a little chip on their shoulder. They got picked uh, to finish down toward the middle of the pack in the media poll, and I think Brennan's using that to uh, kind of motivate the team, and they, they, looked, uh, they looked hungry uh, last week. Dave Kokins with us, wagertalk.com. Fresno, 45 nothing over UConn. UConn stinks, so, uh, you know, the, the expectation was a big victory. They were laying, like, 28. Um, again, how do we apply the Fresno game one? And, again, maybe there's an advantage to having a game under the belt. Teams are coming out, you know, uh, obviously not as, uh, as tuned up in uh, the case of Oregon. So what do you think? Is Oregon minus 20 safe? Well, I, that's a bit of a myth. Um Actually, to me, the advantage goes to the team that didn't play. Really? Because they, they've, there's no game film on them, whereas they get to they actually get to look at an, an actual game film. Uh, USC can look at Fresno State and, and try and find some tendencies and focus on them in practice this week. So I, I've always looked at that as, as kind of a, a BS angle. In fact, I, I tend to look for the team that didn't play the first week uh, because I think, I think they actually have the advantage. Uh, look, USC, I, Slov- Slovis is really good. I mean, really good. He's underrated as far as the national quarterback scene is concerned. I, uh, I think he's one of the best in the country. Uh, I think Fresno is going to have a tough time staying the, in the game. But USC has had a tendency to start slowly under this coach and make mistakes in the first game. And that could very well be the situation here. I don't think I want to lay that many. LSU is uh, dealing with a lot of issues back home in Baton Rouge. Obviously, yep. the Louisiana devastated by the storm. Uh, they'll probably have some disjointedness to their practice schedule this week and now have to go uh, play UCLA. Any concern about LSU and what they're going through? Oh, yeah. Um, but I do think LSU is going to be a lot better than they were a year ago. Whether that shows here or not, I don't know. It's a tough trip cross-country. Um, DTR wasn't great. 
uh, in the Hawaii game, despite the fact that it was a real easy win. He missed a lot of open receivers. So accuracy is still a question with him, and he can't afford to make those mistakes against LSU. This is a good bounce-back situation for LSU this season. I don't know if they'll win this game or not. I probably won't get involved, but they're going to be a good club. Uh, more Saturday games with Dave Koken coming up in college football. I've been touting Georgia for a couple of weeks. Am I crazy? Only getting three? No, I, I think that's a, a very good number in that game. Uh, I, I have no idea what to do with it. I think Clemson's probably about a field goal better. Um, Georgia's the equal of Clemson on paper. And, yeah, you got to give Clemson points for uh, uh, experience in big games, I think, that they've been so tried and true and under Swinney as far as that goes. But Georgia's certainly capable of winning the game. Uh, Penn State, you know, rough year last year. You know, they lost some guys early, you know, including their uh, arguably their best player overall and Micah Parsons to opt out. They go four and five. How do we react to that? We just wiped the slate, uh, the slate clean. And Wisconsin's laying a good number here, five and a half. Yeah, it's a little big. Um, Penn State obviously can't blow games like they did last year. I mean, they had two games early in the season where they outgained the opponent by more than 200 yards and lost both games. That doesn't happen very often. So I think Penn State's got a chance to be a lot better this year. But I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm just not a big Franklin backer in big games. He just doesn't win them very often. And I have a feeling that's going to be the case here where Penn State plays Wisconsin real tough and finds a way to lose the game. 16 games, I think it is right now. 16 games up on the board. Maybe some more added uh, on Thursday. Let's talk Thursday games. What do you think of Rutgers? 14 over Temple. Uh, looks like Rutgers is a real popular side, and I think that number's going to keep going up. Uh, I can't lay that many with them. But <laughs> I, I just can't do it. But Temple's, Temple could be really bad. Yeah. So, But I, I, I think Rutgers might win by 10, 12, something like that. Not a game I would – I'm certainly not going to take Temple. But that's just – I can't lay that kind of number with the Knights. I know some people are a little bit down on Boise. Uh, but getting five and a half against UCF, any interest? I think Boise's probably a little better football team. But that's a really tough trip to start the season. Uh, nevertheless, if I'm betting the game, I'm taking, uh, Boise's good. Uh, the quarterback's strong. Uh, and I, I don't think this team's going to get blown out. Central Florida is not the greatest defensive team in the world. And Boise might be able to put some scores up there and keep pace. Uh, should be, it's actually could be one of the best games on the board. Some of the big powers around the country with new quarterbacks this year. So we don't really know <laughs> how they're going to be. We know they're highly touted, but don't know how they're going to actually play. And, Ohio State's one of them. Can you lay 14 points uh, with Ohio State in a quarterback we don't we haven't seen yet? No, I, I think Minnesota's going to give them a real good game. Uh, Gophers, uh, Gophers are strong. They're, they're not at Ohio State's level, but they're a really good team. And you're getting two touchdowns with a with a quality team at home. I think that's too many. Dave, let's get a little baseball. I don't know how. Uh, I'm sure you're still pounding baseball. Uh, I wanted to get your take on one, the Padres, who you know we talked about a few weeks ago. They, you know, they may have some troubles, and then the pitching went to crap, and now they've lost thirteen of sixteen. Yep. Uh, this Arizona series seems perfect for them to get right, but this is a big price tonight with Chris Paddock minus one ninety. Uh, there's not a chance in the world I'd lay that price with a team that's <laughs> losing like the Padres are yeah. right now. When they pitch, they don't hit. When they hit, they don't pitch. Uh, they do have a little no hitter revenge here against the kid who shut him out in his first major league start. I'm sure they'd like to uh, extract some of that revenge tonight, but. They're not to be trusted right now. Um, I might be looking at a high-scoring game. I think the Padres might get some offense going tonight, and I don't trust Paddock. So uh, you might see some runs in Arizona. Yeah, tough part is you don't make a lot of money betting teams like 
Arizona consistently, which brings us to the Orioles. <laughs> Orioles are terrible, and I just wonder from a pro standpoint, like because I feel like we should be betting the against the Orioles every day, but then the prices catch up where you're like, I like Robbie Ray and the Jays, but minus three twenty. Yeah, well, you can bet the Orioles if you want. Yeah, uh, not me. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I didn't bet it. I'm not laying three twenty, but those odds are legit. I mean, you could make a you can make an argument. It's actually cheap. <laughs> uh, I, I could, I could. If somebody were to tell me the the Rays are four to one to win this game, I wouldn't disagree with it. I actually just saw a three seventy. It's up to three seventy. I saw. I mean, I think there's some varied numbers out there. If, I mean, this, at what point is it like you just have to bet the Orioles? Like, no, you don't have to bet. You don't the have Orioles. to. Why? <laughs> at some point, if you give me like, well, 450. yeah. I mean, if they make it eight to one, I guess I would. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave, what do you got coming up this week on Wager Talk? Because I'm sure you guys are going crazy now that football's here. A lot of football. Uh, I've already played two NFL games for week one and four college games uh, for this week, and we'll see how they go. Uh, hit the last three in exhibition football, so a little momentum going in. Good deal. All right, Dave, we'll talk to you later in the week, okay? All right, sounds good. There he is, Dave Koken. You know what's weird? I'll tell the story about uh... – my trip to New Jersey, I actually opened an account because I wanted to see what betting was like in New Jersey. So I'll get into how, you know, <laughs> arduous the task was of opening an account there. But I bet baseball all last week. Bet a lot more, not in terms of dollars, but more active all week long. So today, actually, I did take the D-backs plus 170. I did put some money on the Orioles. What number did you get? I got plus 270. <laughs> not bad. What is it now? I'm not sure. Well, now, now I'm annoyed if it went up to minus 370 on the other side. Uh, that game starts up in 12 minutes. And yeah, you're right. There's a 360 out there. So you can get as high as plus 290. But the game starts in 12 minutes. The Orioles are already losing. They're bad. It's, uh, <laughs> it's unreal. I mean, because it hits you when you start, when you start seeing uh, losing streaks hit. 13, 15, 19. You're like, there has to be money to be made. But obviously, you don't have a crystal ball. So, you you know, you could keep trying to freaking roll it over and, you know, deal with a, you know, a a bad, you know, 250 loss on, on a team. But uh, a stat, a stat they've, had, they've had a lot of bad losing streaks this year. So, and obviously, Zona had the ridiculous one on the road early it, in the season. A stat that I saw today, which really drove home. I mean, obviously, everybody knows how bad the Orioles are. And every stat you see about them is, is disgusting. But... The Rays just wrapped up their season series with the Orioles, eighteen and one. I know that's what hit me. Eighteen and one. Huh? And when you look at the end of the year, and the Rays have won the division, and if I, the Red Sox, Red Sox had a real. I have to look up the Red Sox record. I know. I think the uh, Yankees are just eight and five against the Orioles. Oh. That's the division, well, that right there. It, the fact that the Rays have kicked the crap out of them the entire year. That means they get some more games with them, though. That's always nice. But they, but they can obviously they can never they're never going to get the eighteen to one. No. So if they have nineteen total games, uh, you know, do the math fourteen and five. So even at that, that's still a four game deficit because the Rays kicked the living crap out of the Orioles. The phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. Call 702-364-1100 and tell us what's on your mind.